This is Line Dance Podcast. I'm Christopher Gonzalez. Hello and welcome to Line Dance Podcast. What is your name? My name is Johnny Two-Step. What would you say is your primary role in the line dance community? I'm the rodeo clown. I have to enjoy it and uh, make people enjoy it. How do you go about doing that? Being stupid, being silly. I, I mean, I can dance. People know I can dance. But I just enjoy, I believe enjoyment and to make people laugh and forget their cares for a night or a day or a weekend. And is, is there something in... Oh, I was about to almost quote a Beatles song. Is there something in the way you move or is it the way you dress? It uh, used dress to be up? in the way I move. Um, How long have you been line dancing And how were you introduced into it (coughs) (laughs) That was a long time ago Uh, I started dancing when I was 13 And I did a lot of show work And stage work And I got to a a certain age Where competing with the youngsters To get into a show Was just not appealing to me I still have friends that go to auditions and they're up against like 15, 16, 17 year old children and like I think quit Mm -hmm. and I came over to America for a a holiday and a friend of mine said oh come on come to a bar with us so so I went and I see these people dancing as couples and it was like amazing and this little old lady come up and said to me do you know how to two step I went no she took me around the floor she taught me and I got the bug and went back to England and a friend of mine was running uh, a country bar and I used to sit in the corner and get up and two step with the odd one or two people that I taught and people used to say is that fella in the corner and they say Johnny Johnny two step and the name sort of stuck and then uh, another person asked me to go and work at their bar. And I said, yeah, certainly. I turned up there, and there's this big banner over the front of the bar saying, starting tonight, Johnny Two-Step. <laughs> so then that, that's where Johnny Two-Step was born. Hmm. And I just went on getting further and further into line dancing. I've been doing it 35 years. <laughs> hmm. That gives my age away. Yeah. Give or take a, a decade. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you said it, not me. Anyways, um, what can you tell me about your friendship, um, experience, maybe influence upon people like Joe Thompson Szymanski or Pedro Machado or, you know. People of the era. Joe is one beautiful lady got a heart of gold to watch that lady dance in the early days for, for me was like sex on legs <laughs> Joe influenced a lot of people in England when she came over with Scooter Lee and Joe came over and she just blew everybody away Pedro is a rodeo clown just the same as me me and Pedro had the same sense of humour it's got to be fun. You never know what me or Pedro is going to do. That's why people are scared <laughs> to be near us. Um, one of my influences was Max Perry. 
the first time I see Max, he was dressed from head to toe with rhinestones everywhere. And I, I looked at him and I said, wow, I want to take you to England. And I took him to England and he had a ball. And he came back and came back. Um, James Gregory and Jean Gar were another couple that I got introduced to many, many years ago. They were so into the line dance, they fought of the line dancers. It wasn't <clears throat> massive money making business, it was she put the dance scripts together because there was no dance scripts at that time. It was like word of mouth or a, a table napkin that someone had written on when they came on holiday to America and said, oh, can you learn this dance? And they came up with the JG2 books and that helped a lot of people get further and further on the ladder. That sounds like a lot of work, but I guess it's a labor of love if it's something you really care about. I am passionate about line dance it's it's all I do now and it's healthy it gets a lot of people that are lonely out meeting people again it's one thing you can do without worrying ladies can come out and not worry about being chatted up by fellas or chased around in, in a club it's a social side to it the line dance community is one hell of a family no matter where in the world you go you're not alone you can find somewhere where you can go on your own and dance with people and you make friends now the scene back then as you mentioned was very different from today uh, lack of step sheets uh, lack of social media for recording all the crazy things that happened what are some other ways that you've noticed the scene change from when you started um, and uh, as it's progressed to the present day here at Marathon? It's, it's progress. I mean, the progression was going to come in. Mm. It was country music. And then all of a sudden there was DJs that was creating different types of music. In the early days, my favorite saying was country techno. There was a young, there was a DJ called Chrismo from America was mixing dance beat with country music and it just sort of blew my head away and I took it to England and there was a radio station and I asked him if I could play it hmm. and someone phoned in and asked what music it was and I called it country techno hmm. uh, and then gradually Max and Joe and Scott they were bringing a bit more of the pop music the swing music into the line dance community we came away from the country and we started going mainstream on, on and everything that took away the image that the press had of like urban cowboys yeehaw we're not yeehaws we like country music but we like pop music and when people say oh you're a line dancer yeehaw it rattles me it gets my goat up because we're not yeehawers it's funny you mentioned country techno. The first thing I think of is Swamp Thing by The Grid, which uh, was the yeah. song used Swamp, for Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing was one of the first ones that came out, and mm. <coughs> Max Perry wrote a dance to it, and that gave that a, a big lift. 
mm. and then all of a sudden everyone started using dance music mm. to put the dances to we were taking old country dances and making them fit to pop music mm. like cat and no gel yeah and it just it just brought the youngsters into it mm. uh, in England we had a competition uh, which was nationwide which was run as the British line dance competition and it was run by me and Rob Fowler mm -hmm. and a lot of clubs were getting their youngsters in it because it was a, a very quick way of getting into the competition in world and it just went from there because of the media and the press and TV and we had a very young following grandmothers mothers and granddaughters it used to come in as a family we don't get that now which is a shame because it was like three generations on the floor dancing. Now it's, you don't get many youngsters coming into your classes. Mm. So hopefully youngsters will start listening to, to these podcasts and think, well, let's give it a try. Mm -hmm. What have you seen to be effective in sharing line dance with younger folks today? Like what hooks them now that keeps them in it? Uh, quite a lot of the youngsters that are in and around now have come off the competitioning scene. They compete, they just do the competition and stuff, and then they start getting into going to social clubs. A lot of the youngsters, I wouldn't say a lot because I would love to see an influx of more youngsters. We've all had our time and the younger choreographers are coming along, they're bringing in a bit of the younger generation coming in. And as I said, I've been doing it for 35 years. I'm not as young as what I used to be. My body cannot do what some of these youngsters can do. At the marathon this weekend, I've seen some terrific dancers and I'm like, yeah, I hold my hands up, I will stand back. I always said if there was someone there that could be the line dance clown to take a dance and make it fun for people to laugh at and join in with I'll hold my hands up to them and I've seen so many this weekend mm -hmm. do you see any particular instructors or choreographers who you might say you know follow in the footsteps of Max and Joe and uh, the folks who started it all Madison mm. She's coming, she's, she's taking the place of Joe eventually. And the Joe will never get rid of. Never get rid she's of. She's going to live forever, we've decided. Rachel yeah, and Joe are going to be there forever. But Madison is the one to watch. Mm. Gary O'Reilly, young boy, got a lovely personality. His presence on the floor with the customers is brilliant. Shane McGeever. Shane is uh, a funky dancer. He's more for the younger crowd that want to get funky. Fred Whitehouse is another character. He just oozes fun when he gets on the floor. Joey Warren. I watched Joey come from a young boy up to what he's doing now. And Joey is wowing people with his dancing. So, as I said, the, the, the dancers are there. It just, the rest of the world need to say, well, come to our country and give these kids a chance.
Are there any events that exist in the world that give people in the present that feeling that you had back in the day where it's it's still a little more old school or you know unrecorded undocumented still a little crazy still a little family not well every every event is a family Mm -hmm. you get mothers and daughters that have been dancing together for a long time but as i said most most of the events that i say that i know of that i've been to that ooze that sort of feeling is as you said the line dance marathon mm. the big bang has mm. got that feel steve lascarbo at spring break his is like a fun laid back time in england we've got line dancer magazine they are running different weekends now so i mean they are putting it out there for the public and then you've got individuals like rob fowler he puts on good weekends. You've just got a choice of so many weekends. I mean, I put on four weekends myself a year in England, and people have that very choice of if they want to go somewhere where it's poppy and funk, you've got places where you go and it's country. You've got places where they will only play CDs. You've got places that they will only have bands. So there's a big wide choice of everything out there for the line dancers. Hmm. I've heard that in the UK there are a lot more dances released more frequently because every there's so much of a line dance scene that you kind of have to have something new every weekend or two, whereas here you can wait three months before your next event and then you have your new batch of dances, whereas over there everybody already knows everything by the time you show up. Mm, it's... How can I put it? Once the song becomes public domain everybody wants to write a dance to it. Mm. So you're getting flooded with dances and one out of that lot might take off. None of them might not take off. It's, it's the luck of the draw if someone's going to like what you've come up with to that piece of music. Mm. So, I mean, the saying about the dances coming out, they're coming out fast and furious. Mm. There's not many that you can say are going to be long time favourites like Have Fun Go Mad Swamp Thing Jose Cuervo Fly Like a Bird is still done at some classes oh yeah we did it this weekend in Request Champagne Promises that's one that's like a stayer Uh, Lonely Drum is there on the floor Mm. There there are dances there that are floor fillers and they will stay but then there's dances that all of a sudden come along look brilliant and they're funky and they're but it's the little social clubs that make a dance happen, not a weekend. A weekend event is where it starts from, but then it's your local instructors that if they hear about it or they see it, they take in their classes if their people can do that sort of dance. So if it's too funky, some classes won't do it. If it's too country, some classes won't do it. That's why I say most classes that have got a mixture of playing country and pop, they're the ones where people will more likely go to eventually and start filling them up again. Are there any traits of a a dance? Let's say 32 count, no tag, no restart dance. 
that make it more likely to catch on with more people like lonely drum is there is there anything like repetition or symmetry or i've heard some some people say you've got to have like a clap in there or a stomp uh, something to make noise are, are there any general principles one should look mm, at my personal view is if the dance flows with the music mm. and the music grabs you mm. then you'll want to dance it it will go over and over in your head and it will drive you balmy in the end like the one I just put out there Dancing with a Stranger I love the dance I love the music but I'm hearing the song everywhere now and I'm sort of dreaming it hmm. every go to sleep and I can hear the song going over in my head so I mean it's just if the song hits the public's flavour hmm so, you described yourself as the rodeo clown. Yes. Is there maybe a story involving, I don't know, waltz skirts? You've, or been, you've been talking to Jinga. We did, actually. Yes, <laughs> yes. One year, we did the cabaret, and we was doing individual spots. And she asked myself and another dancer called Malcolm White from England, who was over here competing if we would do the show and we had nothing so we decided we were going to get two of the other competitor girls borrow their waltz frocks and we got a couple of wigs and we went on the floor with their waltz frocks and their numbers on our back with our backs to the audience and we did their routine we mimicked their routine me and Malcolm until we got to a point where we decided to pull each other's wigs off and fight on the floor <laughs> and then continue on with the walls, then have another little fight, then continue. And it brought the roof down. The following week, we went to the Orange Blossom and the first thing out of their mouth was, would you do your cabaret again? Well, we hadn't rehearsed it. It was just something that we <laughs> threw in and it just sort of took off that we wore a frock. <laughs> But no, it was, it was enjoyable. They're the sort of things that make the weekends when we put the cabaret on. Some people turn around and say, oh, well, we don't really want to watch a show. The Saturday night shows that we put on, it's only an hour, hour and a half out of an evening. You've danced all day long. It's our way of showing you the fun side and what we like to dance. So we're, we're giving them back something so they can sit back and enjoy. The people that want to dance, 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 they're not going to come in and watch the show. But they should do because it's just sheer fun. It's us taking the mickey out of ourselves. Um, was there any moments this weekend that you got to play and have fun and maybe torment some of the other instructors? <laughs> Every one of the instructors would say I've tormented him in one way or another. <laughs> they never know what I'm going to do. Um, poor Madison. If you're listening, Madison, sorry for what I did to you. She was dancing on stage and we have this massive backdrop behind. And I stuck my head through the curtain halfway through her dance she was teaching. She caught a glimpse of just my head and it frightened the yell out of her. She nearly swore. <laughs> but she's a good girl, Madison. She didn't. <laughs> So, I take it, from your point of view, you thoroughly enjoy putting on the shows and the productions. 
to lighten the mood? Is oh, there other course. things ab- about it that you just absolutely enjoy? It's the, it, it's, it's the friendship of all the choreographers that we can all work together and put a show on. That's the fun side of it. Half of us don't see each other for maybe a year, six months, but when we get together, we're there to entertain and we're there to enjoy and we have fun. People should, I mean, if they could see the rehearsals, the rehearsals are more fun than the show because things are done, things are said that never get into the show. (laughs) I believe that. What can you tell me about how you like to conduct your classes or lessons besides just trying to have fun with everybody? How, how, how do I what? Conduct them? My classes are just crazy. I be- from the moment we start, I believe in enjoyment. I'll start teaching the dance. Then I'll tell them a story. Then I'll teach them the rest of the dance. <laughs> then I'll teach them a, tell them a bit of a story. I tell them things that have happened during the day and make it fun. Because by the time they've got the first eight counts in their head, and I've had a little, and then I've gone back to the eight counts, then I had a bit more, then I had a bit more. Then all of a sudden, something got to take my mind away from the dance, and I start chatting to the customer. I might talk to just one of them, have a conversation, and the rest of the class are looking at me like, what's he doing? <laughs> what you see is what you get with me. I just believe in having fun. I, I'm not one of these instructors that demand you learn a dance step perfect and step by step. If you can dance left, right, left, look at me, I'm dancing. That's my motto. So you've got to make your class fun. I'm not, I'm not one of these instructors that drums it into people. If people come to my class, they come. If they don't, then they're found somewhere where they're happier with. So it's choice. If somebody were to reach out and try to get in contact with you, maybe through email or uh, Facebook or anything uh, of that nature, what would be the best way that they could get a hold of you? To get a hold of me? Mm-hmm. If they want to see your class. To find out about my classes, they can, they can find out through Line Dancer Magazine, mm-hmm. advertise people's classes. My Facebook page, I advertise classes. Is that uh, Johnny Two Step in That's the search field? Johnny. J two step dot com. Is that a J O H or J O N? It's J O H N N Y number two step dot com. Ah, all right. Now you mentioned uh, something that really caught my ear was what, what you were saying about uh, Gary O'Reilly and and how he treats the customer. In this case, being the dancer, is there any sort of um, short list of principles by which instructors can conduct themselves that, that you would recommend. I've heard some folks say, like, you know, learn people's names, do whatever you can to learn people's names. W- what would you recommend? So, to learn people's names, it's impossible. No. You can remember a few. You see so many people over a weekend, you cannot remember everybody's face. Mm-hmm. The way I remember 50% of the people is, I ask them a question of where it was and when they tell me where it was they see me my mind goes back and I visualize what I did Mm. and then I know that 
that person was there and I, that's how I remember where who they are mm. but my main I don't know how to really put it how you well, ask that question uh, what, what is it that you admire the most like let's say you're in a room and you see somebody like a Gary or a Maddie sitting and talking with somebody and they do something that just makes you so proud to know them is there anything that you can think of that they do that that is just the model of conduct you wish we you could all adopt as human beings he's taking they take their time with these with the person mm-hmm. they talk to them they give them advice they ask questions about their lives they're interested you show interest in the person you're talking with at that time don't look over their shoulder and think oh, well where's all the others gone oh, what am I going to do be with that person Gary does Gary Madison you can stop Madison and you'll have a chat with her same with Gary don't just rush through a room take your time look around see if there's someone that looks a little bit down go and ask them are you fine talk to them Make them a part of what you are. You're, you are an ambassador for a community out there, which is worldwide. So be the ambassador. Talk to everybody. It doesn't, doesn't cost you anything to spend four or five minutes with someone as you're going through a venue. Gary, all of them I've seen this weekend have all taken time with their class. When they finish their class... You can see they're talking to the people. When they come outside, they're talking to the people. They're not scurrying off to get back to their rooms. They're spending time with the customer. And that's what the people have paid to see us and to be entertained by us. Not to be taught and all of a sudden you disappear. You're not there. You're their property. couple of final questions that I like to ask everyone. One may be easier than the other. I'll let you decide which is which. Is there any message that you'd like to put out to everyone in the line dance community? Imagine just millions and, and gajillions of listeners all part of the line dance community from the event directors to the DJs to the instructors and choreographers and the dancers themselves. If there's anything that you could give us all to think about, uh, something, something that uh, we can kind of chew on and maybe add into our own lives and maybe advice or something to uh, consider uh, that that's one question the other question is what dance would you recommend everyone learn right now <laughs> take uh, them in whichever order you'd like uh, now i can't say my own because that is just being vain hmm. um at the moment i'm quite enjoying sweet mentally insane mm. by will craig Mm. Otherwise shortened as Sammy, <laughs> I just the, the the song just makes me wanna wanna have fun. Mm. I I enjoy that. Going back to your last question, mm-hmm. my biggest thing I would like people to do is don't bring the politics into mm. your classes. Mm. Politics ruins in most venues. Please. Just drop the politics. We're there for fun. It's it's fun, enjoyment, and healthy for you because you're keeping fit. It's keeping your mind going. 
you're constantly thinking especially as you get older like I am your mind can start wandering <laughs> and you do silly things <laughs> but putting the joking aside it does help your your, your mind you're, you're constantly using your brain to think where am I going to where I've got to be next which step am I going to do have I got to turn am I staying on the right wall it gives you something to to tax your brain with but as I said, I just I just want everybody to get on and enjoy it. I don't if someone down the road has got ten more people in their class than I have, so what? They're more likely a better teacher than me. People are enjoying what they're doing. I'm not gonna go out and say, Well, that person's got ten Forget that. Deal with what you've got and just make it fun and the people will come in. I like that. All right. Well, thank you very much for sitting and chatting with us here on Line Dance Podcast. Well, now it's time that I should go to bed. <laughs> that sounds like a great idea at 2.51 a.m. This has been Megan Barcelia and Christopher Gonzalez on Line Dance Podcast. Until next time, we'll see, see you, you on, on the, the dance, dance floor. floor.